Lord, we just thank you for your incredible love for us, Lord. Whoever we are today, whatever walk of life we're from, whatever's brought us to this building today, God, you have a purpose for our life. You love us, Lord. You died on that cross for each and every single one of us so that we could be set free. No grace and hope in Jesus Christ that is unshakable. And Lord, we thank you for that today. God, we give you all the praise and honor for that, Lord Jesus. We don't take it for granted. We're not here to go through the motions. God, we're here to worship you and to say thank you for your incredible love and grace for us, Lord. Lord, this morning, we put our attention upon you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we pray that today that you do some work in us. Transform Form us, Lord God. Change our thinking, Lord God. Change our perspectives, Lord God. Let your word sharpen us, Lord God, and bring the transformation that's needed in every single heart. Lord, let faith rise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, I do think that we do need to let faith rise. And I think that um, it's really easy to go through the motions of our Christian experience. But there is something about our lives that we need to remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. And sometimes our circumstances can cause us to live small or limited or we can even find ourselves just living in a mediocre kind of phase where there is really that passion and desire really just starts to fade and we just go through motions. And I just really feel like the Holy Spirit gently wants to say to us today, hey, come on, we're a faith people. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let's stir up faith again. Let's stir up belief again. God wants to do miracles. God wants to do the supernatural we, we serve a supernatural God. He wants to do things that only He can do. He wants to get us to have our eyes higher. He's, say, he's saying this morning, come up higher. Come up higher. See from a different perspective. Get a bigger vision. God wants to do something. Come on, don't let this world shrink you. Don't let this world cause you to live small. God wants to lift you up. So this morning, why don't you reach out your hands for a moment? Lord, we ask for that this morning. Lord, enlarge our spirit today, Lord God. Enlarge our vision and our belief today, Lord God. Lord, we want to believe again. Lord, we want to believe again for you to do miracles. Lord, supercharge that motor again of faith this morning. Let us start to get going again in believing for you to do miracles in our life. Lord, we're not happy with the status quo. We're not happy just to go through the motions of life. Jesus, we want more of you. Jesus, we call out for you this morning to do what only you can do in our life. Jesus, we ask for your supernatural power to flow in and through our lives in a way like only you can do it. Lord, in this world today that needs you so desperately, Lord, we don't want to turn our back on them and stay comfortable in these four walls. God, we ask again for our family and our friends, Lord Jesus, that they would come to know you, God. Let your power soak out of this place, Lord God, and start to come out of this place through our lives, I pray. As we speak to people, as we pray for people, as we read your word, 
Let us declare into the future and speak, Lord God, your promises over our lives and over our families and over our friends and over our future. God, you are doing a new thing and we want to be part of it. We want to be part of every single element of it. So Holy Spirit, we posture our hearts this morning. Lord, where we need to repent for our mediocrity and being distracted, God, this morning, we repent and we ask you to fill us again with your spirit, Lord God, your perspective on things. Let us see what you want us to see. And remember, we are people of faith in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. I didn't plan that, but I do feel that God is challenging us to be people of faith in this season, in this era of the church. We've had a crazy time in our world over the last three years. But I'll tell you what our world needs right now. Not a quiet church. Our world needs a courageous church. A church that's going to believe. A church that's going to have faith. A church that is going to live beyond themselves. Get out of the walls of the church and believe for miracles again. Salvations. Lives changed. Touched by the power of God. Let's not live limited. The enemy wants to do that to us, but we are not going to stay in that place. We're going to break out of that place. In Jesus' name. Are you with me? Amen. Well, this morning, Ephesians chapter 2, I want to speak a message called When Grace and Purpose Collide. When Grace and Purpose Collide. Ephesians chapter 1 really speaks to us about the incredible spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. It really talked to us about the position that we have in Christ. It was all about the fact that we have all of God's spiritual blessings that are poured out upon us. It was all about reminding us of that and having that perspective in our life to be able to see from that point of view that God is with us and He's working through us and that we need to have that perspective that God wants to use us for His purpose. And we move on to chapter 2 this morning and chapter 2 really starts to introduce this idea of we haven't just received all these spiritual blessings for no reason, but it actually starts to speak to us about the purpose of God in our life. It actually starts to challenge us to be people that have received this incredible grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and allow it to transform our lives in such a way that we live with purpose. So when grace and purpose collide, I believe that's the sweet spot for our life. If we're all grace, we can just fall into this place of messy grace, where we have no purpose to our life, we have no direction, we're not living with the holiness and righteousness that God's called us to live, and we can live sloppy and just, oh, well, it's all good. God just covers every single little thing, but it doesn't mean that I need to live purposeful in my life. That's actually not what the gospel's about. The gospel is about living purposeful, living missional, living beyond ourselves and not just being focused on what I receive, but also how I can give and reach out to others as well. And so if we just live just with a, just a grace mentality without understanding the purpose that's attached to it, we can live sloppy. But if we just live with a purpose without understanding the radical impact of grace in our life, then we can be quite judgmental, quite task-orientated, and actually forget what the, the deep work that God's done in our life. So somewhere in the middle, we want to be the kind of believers where we understand grace 
and purpose. Well, the Bible says it this way, you were saved and called. In fact, it says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So you are saved and you are called. You're not just one of those. Every single person that is saved is called. And every person that is saying, hey, I want to be called, you need to make sure that you are saved. Those two things go together. God wants to save us and God wants to call us to the life that he has. He wants his grace to save us and he wants the purpose and the calling of God to help guide and lead our lives as well. You know, when we really understand it, we start to to really get a picture of it that God's grace has a purpose and God's purpose has grace. Let me say that one more time. God's grace has a purpose and God's purpose has grace. And so we need to understand that as we live our life, they're the kind of train tracks that we live on, understanding that we are purposed and that we are graced by Jesus Christ. And it's something that's powerful. If I was the person that had the job of writing all the headings in the Bible, you know, you've got those little headings there and the subheadings in the Bible. For this chapter, I would literally call it when grace and purpose collide. Because that's really what this is talking about in Ephesians chapter 2. It spends the first part of Ephesians talking about this incredible grace that we've received. And then it starts to talk to us about the good works and the life that we start to live as the body of Christ. And we start to live out of that place of grace in a way that is purposeful as God has called us to live. You know, our our old senior pastors, Kevin and uh, and Marilyn Brett, uh, which led this church from, I think, 2007, I think it was Kevin 07, um, and, and through to, I think, 2018, and incredible uh, leaders and pastors of this church. But Kev used to go through these stages where he would wake up really early in the morning, and he would be motivated at like 3.30 a.m. in the morning, and he would do like his work day from like 4 a.m. in the morning to like 12 o'clock, like he's finishing the day when it's lunchtime. And he'd get into these spaces where he was so worked up and so, uh, so pumped and so passionate. So sometimes at 4 a.m. in the morning, like 4.01 in the morning, I'd get a message off Kev. And it'd be like, you are alive for kingdom purpose. <laughs> 4.01 a.m. Like I'd check my phone and I'd be like, oh no, some, something bad's happened. I've got a message from Kev. And, and I'd check the phone and just say, you are alive for kingdom purpose. And I could hear his voice in it. And, and I guess that, that's what I, I, I think about when I think about Ephesians chapter 2. It's like Paul is sending us a text message saying, you are alive for kingdom purpose. God's grace has changed and transformed you and he's called you out to live differently. That his grace would actually transform you in such a way that you live with purpose beyond what this world can give. Ephesians chapter 2. So I want to look this morning at four ways God's grace transforms us. And puts us on a path to purpose. Four ways God's grace can transform your life and put us on a path to purpose. The first one is number one, God's grace changes us. Let's have a look at Ephesians this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says it this way. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've done many sins. We love an honest word in church, right? 
Once you were dead because of your, your disobedience and your many sins. Hopefully you gave him a judgmental look as well. You once used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Here it's making a clear uh, differential that you are either connected to God or you're connected to the devil. There is no in-between scenario. Jesus is the way, truth and life. He is the way to life in Christ. We must be connected to Him. There's only two choices. We're with Jesus or we're not with Jesus. And He's making it very clear in this passage. There's not a third way to heaven. There's not another way to make it through. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. In fact, we talked about this last week, that about 15 times it says in Ephesians, it talks about this this thought of being in Christ. Christ. Our lives are hidden in Christ. When we receive forgiveness of our sins, when His grace covers over our lives, we have a decision to make. There's some destructive theology in our world today that tries to create this kind of understanding that, oh, maybe if you're just a good person that you're going to make it through and you've got another way there. Hey, listen, heaven is real and hell is real. And there is only one way to heaven and that is in Christ. And that is just the truth of the gospel. And it's making it plain here that we are either connected or we're not. In fact, we're created to be what is called ontologically connected, which means that we draw our life source from somewhere. And we either plug into Jesus or we plug into Satan. And so we have the choice to to be where we're going to be plugged into, just like a computer needs to be plugged in and needs to be charged to be able to get its life from that. We are created the same way. And so when we connect to Christ, we move out of the kingdom of darkness and we move into the kingdom of light. We are what's called born again in the Bible. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are set free. We are connected in relationship with Jesus Christ. And we move out of that place of connection with darkness and we move into that place of connection with Jesus. And we're ontologically connected, which means we draw our life source from God. Like it says in John 14, that we bear much fruit because we are connected. It's because we have that life source running through us, that relationship with Jesus that causes us to have that fruit of the Spirit that's coming out of our life. Love, joy, peace, and patience. How can you tell the maturity of a believer? You see those things coming out of their life because they're connected. And you will not mature if you are not connected to the foundation to Jesus Christ. You will not grow, you will not be living that purposeful life that you're meant to have if you are not continually connected with Jesus. And that's why it's so important that as we said at the start of this service this morning, that we're not just living mediocre, going through the motions, coming here doing services, and that's the end of our faith. Our faith is personal and our faith is about connection to Jesus Christ. And out of that place, that life source flows. It says in verse 3, all, all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Verse 4, though, but God, I love the but gods in Scripture, but God is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. 
So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So you are the result of a but God. You are the result of God intervening and saying, hey, listen, I want to save humanity. I want the grace of Jesus Christ to be able to transform each and every person that would accept it. And so that's what's been the changing factor in our life. And I was thinking about it this week and just the way that our lives can become so messy over time. I don't know whether you've noticed it, but things happen in life that can cause us to feel so polluted, so frustrated or distracted uh, or hurt uh, by the different things that can happen in our life. And I, was, I wanted to show you an illustration this morning. If our life was like this cup, we start off, we start living our life and we've, we're full of just this, this water that's overflowing in our life. And we start to have some things happen that can cause us to just really muddy the waters. And we can see our life starts to get a bit messed up with some of the problems, if we could call it, let's call it manure, can come into our life at times. And uh, it starts to spin around and it starts to pollute our thinking. It starts to cause us to be a bit distracted or frustrated. Uh, Things start to happen in our life and we start to feel like, oh, things aren't as clean as they used to be. And so what we can fall into the trap of doing is, I'm going to change myself. I'm going to start to try and remove some of this stuff myself. And so we start to get in there and we start trying to take little bits out and start to remove it. And really, we start to realize that actually, it's not by my power that I can just transform myself. I can try and have good disciplines and do things and I can make right decisions, but I actually can't get rid of this mess by myself. And when we start to realize that, we start to understand that it's actually God's grace that actually is poured into our life that actually cleanses us and helps us to live differently and live purposefully. And so what we actually need is not to try and do it by ourselves. We actually just need God's grace to start to pour into our life. We need to let His Word to transform us and start to do something powerful in us. I'm making a mess up here. And that dirt that was in there starts to be cleansed and starts to come out. And I guess for all of us, it's a reminder that it's actually God's grace in us, His transformational grace that does that work in us when we allow His Word to speak to us, when we allow His grace to pour into us and say, oh, I'm not going to just try and be the perfect person. I'm not just going to try and earn this with good works. I'm not just going to try and uh, earn God's approval and just become this great person because of the things that I do. I'm actually going to spend time with God. I'm actually going to allow His Word to transform me. I'm actually going to allow Him to fill me and to cleanse me and to do the work that only He could do, to do that but God work that's spoken about in Ephesians 1. And let it just come into my life and transform me. The work of sanctification that the Bible talks about, that work of transformation, it's done by Jesus. It's His grace in us transforming us and working in our life. And it does something powerful. You know, people say about the church, they say the church is full of hypocrites. It's full of judgmental people. It's full of this. I'm like, amen, preach it. It is. It's full, of, it's full of all this. It's full of all this stuff. We've, we've all got it. Amen, amen, amen. When people say that accusation against the church, I'm like, preach it, brother. Amen. You just forgot the conclusion. 
but God. His grace has forgiven us. We're no better than anybody else. It's the forgiveness of Jesus Christ that we have received. It's his grace that's transformed us. We're just as messed up as you. Amen to that. But it's his grace that's forgiven us and transformed us and allowing him to just pour into our life and do a deep work in us where some of those things that feel so stubborn and dirty in us, he cleanses us. He does the work. He does the transformation. He does all that stuff in our life. That's why it's so important to be connected with Christ because he's transforming us. He's doing a deep work on the inside. I love in Hebrews 11. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight, every bit of manure that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That's how our life is transformed. I think that's why... We all resonate so much with that song, Amazing Grace, written in 1772. But the words of that song speak to us today that God could save a wretch like me. And I think we all love that song because we know that we are that sinner that needs the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. And that's what's transformed our life and helped us to live differently and be the people God's called us to live. And we shouldn't be ashamed of that, that we are sinners, saved by grace. I love what Paul says. He said, this is a trustworthy saying. In 1 Timothy 1, he says, and everything, everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I'm the worst of them all. He didn't try and hide his sin or minimize his sin. He actually said, yeah, I am a sinner. I'm not ashamed of that. But because of the grace of Jesus Christ, I'm transformed. Because of what God's done, I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm full of hope. I have confidence for the future. I can live purposeful, not because of anything that I've done, but the powerful work of God, the grace of Jesus Christ was poured out into my life. And some of those things that were dirty and rubbish are starting to pour out and I'm being transformed and matured, not because of me, but all because of Jesus Christ. And that's the grace of Jesus Christ. It's not just to to receive it and to feel good. It's transformational grace. It transforms our life and helps us to become who God's called us to be. The second thing is this. God's grace calls us. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God has a purpose. It talks about His grace, and then it starts to shift gears here, and talks about the fact that we are His grace, we are His masterpiece, we are this incredible creation. But then He says, hey, listen... It's for also the good works that I have placed and I prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. I love what it says in the ESV version. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, it's interesting. It doesn't say we could walk in them. It says we should. It's almost like Paul is saying to us, I want you to walk in them. 
You should do it. As believers, as people that are transformed by the radical grace of Jesus Christ, let's walk in purpose as God has called us to live. Let's let grace and purpose collide so that our life lives in a way that is going to honor God and be who God wants us to be. See, grace calls us. It's, it's actually calling over comfort. It's actually calling to go out and to, to, to make sure that we make disciples, to get out of the comfort of our own lives and our own focus and to look out beyond ourselves and say, actually, God's called me. This grace isn't just for me. This grace is for this world that needs it so badly. They need the grace of Jesus Christ. And we have this responsibility to take it. See, grace enlarges our world. Have you ever encountered somebody that is judgmental? Somebody that's bitter and negative, that is focused on themselves all the time. Their world is small. Their world is insular. They are focused only on their own happiness. But actually, the transformational grace of God actually causes us to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to look outwards. I'm going to see those that need God's grace. And I want to make sure that this, get, this message gets out to them as well. And I'm not going to live small or live limited or live for myself. God's grace calls us. Have you noticed that the calling of God doesn't push you anywhere? It actually pulls you. It actually pulls you into purpose. It actually pulls you to where you need to go. I remember my pastor in Singleton when I was uh, kind of coming out of school and looking at what I wanted to do and I really had in my heart I wanted to be a pastor one day. And I, I, I thought, oh, I want to do that. And, and I'd kind of mention it to my youth pastor. Oh, yeah, I think I'd like to do that. I, like, and I, I really did. I was really passionate about it. But my senior pastor asked me one day, he said to me, oh, Ben, uh, what do you want to do with your life? And I was just so ashamed of it and not wanting to put myself forward. I said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what I want to do. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe work at the mines or something like that, which is all around. I'm like, I don't know why I said that. And I'm like, I literally completely disregarded. And it was kind of like, that was my opportunity to tell my pastor what I wanted to do, so I had a pathway for it. And I actually just kind of put a block on it. But it's amazing how God still pulls you towards your calling. And the more conversations happened. The opportunity came on. I came on, I came on to staff at, at, at our church. And, and it was had the privilege of leading our youth ministry. But for me, it was like I did things to mess up that calling. But yet God still pulled me towards that purpose and pulled me towards that calling. And I think if we keep our hearts pure towards God and we trust Him to guide us and to lead us on the, on the right paths and we live with that understanding of grace and purpose, He will lead us towards our calling. Each and every one of us have an individual, specific calling of God that we are called to do. The third thing this morning is this, God's grace connects us. Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, For Christ Himself has brought peace to us, He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with his commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the, the Jews who were near. Now all who can come to the Father through the name 
uh, through that same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. I really love this passage because it clearly shows us that we are all recipients of God's grace. There are no super Christians. There's no Jews or Gentiles. There's no just pastors and the clergy. There's no one in between. There's no, there's no separation. We are all sinners saved by grace. And it's actually that grace that connects us. If I look around this room this morning, I see a whole bunch of different people, different walks of life, different experiences, different talents and abilities. And yet, here we are this morning, all gathering and all connected by the grace of Jesus Christ. Not by our own works or talents or abilities, but actually by God's grace that's done something deep on the inside of us and transformed our life. We are connected. The church is connected. We are connected as the body of Christ. And we can oftentimes see with, between us and we can kind of almost judge ourselves and see someone else. and Oh, wow, they're a super Christian. They're amazing. I've fallen in the trap myself when it comes to other leaders that I respect and look up to. And I'm like, oh, I'm just this little person and you're this big person. And I feel intimidated around you. And I've had to learn the fact that we are all just sinners saved by grace. As good as we are, it's because of the but God that we are where we are today. You know, I remember um, in year 11 at school, I did this metals and engineering course i had this fleeting thought that I'll, oh, i'm going to work at the mines um come out of school two hundred thousand dollars a year straight away I'm, I'm this is going to be great and so i did this metals and engineering course and um we would go it's like a, a tafe day we'd travel about 40 minutes away on a bus and there's a whole group of people from my school that did it um and so we just a bunch of guys maybe i don't know maybe eight of us and we um we'd, we'd go go to this course and I hated the course, by the way. But um, one of the guys, when we got there, was, was having some conflict with one of the fourth-year apprentices that was there. And um, so there was all these different apprentices from different age groups. But yeah, the fourth years, something about a girl, something had happened. And so when we, when we arrived on this one day we would go there, there was this like hate towards this group that I was a part of because of something that had happened with some girl and, and these people, these fourth-year apprentices. So there was often a lot of verbal, a lot of things happening. Anyway, one day, I, I just went to the bathroom and I'm, I'm at the trough and this guy was in there in the cubicle and some guy, <laughs> some guy sneaks in with a glass of water, one of the guys that really didn't like our group, and he throws this water over the cubicle to this guy that was sitting on the toilet on the other side. And so I like laugh because I think, oh, that is hilarious. That is so good. Like, and so I laugh, but then I hear these words, I'm going to kill you. And then I realize it's just me and him in the bathroom. <laughs> he thinks that I threw the water. I'm going to die today. And so I'm like, he's like, I'm, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, Quickly, 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 quickly. I'm washing my hands. I'm trying to get out of there as quick as I can. I run out of there as quick as I can. And I realized what had happened is I'm now connected to the rage. It had nothing to do with me before, but now I'm connected. And I'm embroiled in this. And I didn't want to be embroiled in this, but I'm, all of a sudden I am. And I think about that action on the cross with Jesus Christ and what he did for us dying on that cross we're all connected to that moment. 
we had nothing to do with it. We just showed up and we wanted to receive God's grace. We did nothing to earn it, but here we are. We are connected to the cross because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And it reminds me that all of us are connected. We are connected as the body of Christ, not because of anything that we've done or achieved or done on our own. We are connected because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And that changes everything. That transformational grace. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speak the truth in love. We will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head. That is Christ. From Him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're connected. That's why the church is so important. We're not made to do life alone. We're called the body of Christ. We're all connected parts. Even when we didn't want to be, just like me at the the trough, just doing my own thing. We're connected. We're brothers and sisters because of this moment on the cross that's transformed our life. Fourth and finally this morning, God's grace constructs his church. It says here, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So we are becoming, I love that word, we are becoming a holy temple for the Lord. As God carefully joins us together, God is constructing his church. And I guess what's happening in this passage, it's taking us, it's it's reminding us, hey, it starts with grace. God's grace has impacted you individually. God's grace has done something powerful. And then it goes on to say in in that verse 8, but hey, listen, it's not just for you. There's good works that you would live purposeful, that you would live the life God's called you to live, that you would think outside of yourself. And then it goes on to talk about how we are connected. There's no hostility. There's no difference between this person or that person. God's grace is for all of us. And then it finishes the chapter by saying, hey, listen, You're all part of the family of God. You're meant to be the house of God, the building of God. God's constructing you. God's building His church and you have a part to play. You can see how this beautiful chapter just takes us through what God's done individually, but what God's doing collectively with His church and that we are all part of it. God's constructing His church and how is He doing it? He's using you and He's using me to be part of it. God works in us and God works through us. In Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Would you stand with me this morning? God's grace changes us. God's grace calls us. God's grace connects us. And God's grace constructs His church. And we all have a part to play. And I think Ephesians just so beautifully reminds us that grace and purpose are made to collide. And that we are meant to live those kind of lives that don't just receive that grace for ourselves, but allow it to live 
to, to, to do a transforming work in us so that we live purposefully for Jesus. So this morning, Lord, I pray that we'd be reminded again, Lord, that your grace has a purpose and your purpose has grace. Lord, as you do your deep work in us, Lord God, and you transform our lives by your grace, I pray you'd help us to look outward, Lord, and see a world that needs you, God. See and understand the purpose that you've given us that's unique, the calling on our life, God, the unique abilities and talents, Lord God, the unique positioning that you've placed us in, Lord, to be purposeful in that place. The church just doesn't happen on a Sunday, but church is every day because we are the church. Wherever we are in our workplaces and schools and universities and families and friendship groups, God, I pray you'd use us to construct and to build your kingdom and to build your church, that we'd understand the great purpose that you've given us, God. We're all connected by your grace, but let's let this message of grace get out of the walls of the church, I pray. And help us to live these purposeful lives that you want us to have, I pray. I ask it this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's worship together.